we have talked a lot over the last few years about artificial intelligence and synthetic voices. And there happens to be one woman who is hip deep in all this. And she is someone worth listening to. Her name is Karen Guilfrey. She's one of the muckety mucks at NAVA, the National Association of Voice Actors. And we're going to talk to her about where things stand right now from her perspective when it comes to artificial intelligence and synthetic voices on this episode of the VO Heroes podcast. Karen Guilfrey, co-founder VP of NAVA, National Association of Voice Actors. Did I get all that right? You did. Fantastic. You did. Fantastic. There may or may not be an index card in front of me with that on there, but I, you know, I can't say for sure. Uh, I actually knew that by heart because I'm a proud member of NAVA and I am a huge admirer. I've been an admirer since the opera in a closet days <laughs> on NPR. If you haven't yes, done that, just yes. Google Karen Guilfrey opera closet and you'll, you'll see the, the story. But along with uh, Tim Friedlander, NAVA is an organization, an alternative uh, organization, not the same as uh, being a part of a union, but certainly being part of an organization that has uh, some of the same goals, and that is the respect and the proper treatment of human actors. And what I wanted to talk to Karen about today was something that was prompted by a question that I got when I was teaching a course at the union for the, for the, uh, the foundation. Uh, somebody said, because I'd mentioned you. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, well, didn't Karen, like, license her voice? And I had not heard this story. Um, but before we get to that, I want to give you an opportunity to sort of talk about the position and platform of NAVA when it comes to the negative side of artificial intelligence. We've been talking a lot here about the balcony and the basement of AI and the dangers as well as some of the advantages to using technology in general. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what NAVA has been up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so NAVA, the National Association of Voice Actors, is, like you said, it's an association. It's not a union. But one thing that is really great um, about us is that we represent just voice actors. Um, our association is just for voiceover. Uh, in SAG-AFTRA, you know, SAG-AFTRA is fantastic, amazing, wonderful, but they represent thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of actors who are mostly on camera. I'm not sure how many actors in SAG-AFTRA are primarily just voiceover. Um, really but good we ones. have, yeah. But we have as voice actors, um, in some ways, slightly different needs from on-camera actors in the same way that stunt performers have slightly different needs from people who don't do stunts or dancers or singers. You know, we are our own, we are our own little group of people and we needed some kind of association to be able to talk about the things that matter to us and kind of you know advocate for the things that we want and to work alongside SAG-AFTRA whenever possible to educate people about all kinds of things including joining the union converting work 
um, how to make a living in in ways that align with you know the strike right now, <laughs> you know th- things like that. So we're very um, we're very supportive of SAG-AFTRA and uh, yeah, but specifically about AI, we have seen over the last couple of years things happening uh, in voiceover first, which will eventually go over into on-camera as well. But voice is easier to replicate and duplicate than a full human being. So we have seen people having their voices used for the creation of AI and the training of AI without their active consent, without their, uh, without control over what that voice is saying and without compensation. And even if there is compensation, it's not proper compensation what it should be. And a lot of that has to do with people not being educated about what they are signing when they sign a contract. So it's one of our goals. Our number one goal is education um, about these issues. We've had tons of classes. We've had open town halls. We've had forums. We had a a legal symposium with lawyers who specialize in this kind of stuff. Um, Education is a huge, huge part of uh, fighting back against this stuff, because the more knowledge we have, the better armed we will be to go into a session or go into a contract negotiation or go into something where AI may be involved. And then we know what, what our rights are and what we want and what they might ask for and how to counter that, you know? Yep. So, um, so that's what we've been doing. The, so- yeah, go ahead. You talk about, I, I have since added a fourth C to the three C's. Uh, when you talk about uh, control and consent, consent and compensation, and compensation. Mm-hmm. I've added credit because there are times, and some of the other organizations like Fair Voices and Human Artistry Campaign and the union have been talking about the notion of sort of the hidden talent that never gets known because their voice is modeled and they're used in other things. What would you say to a fan who thinks, what's the big deal? I'm just using, you know, David's voice or Karen's voice. They did this character. They should be happy that I'm I'm doing fan fiction and fan animation and making use of it. And, and why is this a big deal? What would you say to them? It's a really tough thing because, you know, the entertainment industry would not exist without fans. Um, we love fans. We love that people are supporting projects that we do. Um, but at the same time, the way that we all earn our living, the way that I learn earn my living is by licensing my voice and image. And when that voice or image is available to anyone without pay, that dilutes my ability to ask for a fee. Um, When you can make me say anything you want and make me do anything you want, things that I would never do, you know, or say, you're literally taking the words out of my mouth. You are taking my voice um, and you're you're robbing me of the the right to speak for myself. Um, And that's a that's a that is a tricky thing to balance. Um, I would hope that at some point we will have some kind of legislation in place that says that every individual person has the right 
to their own likeness, image, voice. That I cannot go and take, you know, random person on the street and harvest their voice or their image or whatever, their their facial data or their fingerprint or whatever, and use that for my own personal benefit um, yeah. or for commercial use. You know, think a lot there of should would, be a law in place that d- that does not allow that. I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that there aren't. You, yeah. you know, they would they would certainly think that California, New York, where production takes place, but it turns out that the number one state for that sort of thing is Illinois. So far, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So we're talking. And there are Karen some Gilfrey. protections. Yeah, there are some protections in in uh, California, New York, and Illinois, yeah. but not as good as not as you got to fight them, right? as they should be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a, you know, that's kind of indicative of the constant lag of legislation behind the technology. Technology can change tonight. Uh, legislation will take a few decades in some cases. Uh, we're talking with Karen Gilfrey. She's the co-founder, VP uh, of uh, NAVA at navavoices.org. It's the National Association of Voice Actors. Um, I'm going to make this a two-part interview, so we're going to do another episode in just a moment. So if you want to hit the like button, uh, maybe hit the subscribe button, uh, maybe you want to hit the notification bell. If you hit it really, really hard, you won't disfigure it, I promise. And you'll know when the next episode comes out. I'm David H. Lawrence, 17th, and I thank you for watching and for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode with Karin Gilfrey of the VO Heroes podcast. (laughs) 